0: Recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivia Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts Jonathan.
1: We just described Ric Flair as the end of the man <laughs> and Planet of the Apes. <laughs>
0: Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella.
2: That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> my ice cream is melting.
0: <laughs> Band.
2: Four halogens (laughs) in this. Oh my god! You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those
0: damn halogens got me again. (laughs) And the rest of the Trivial Warfare army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan
1: Oaks. Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and this is a special all-Shakespeare bonus episode. Liz Thaler is our host today. Hello, Liz.
2: Hello, Jonathan.
1: Welcome back to the show. Now, Liz, this was your idea.
2: Yeah, I've maybe been bugging you about it for a year or so.
1: (laughs) And now that everybody's... On Facebook. Now that everybody's trapped in their house when she came back again, I was like, you know maybe now's the time so we are going to do an all shakespeare bonus show we're going to have a great time and i want to introduce you to today's guests first up mr paul boyer is in the house hello paul hi so i'm going first eh? no i'm just saying hello oh okay hi hi uh mr nick groves is in the house hello nick hi how hi. are you Corey harris is in the house hello Corey. hello everyone out there in radio land And Brittany Shaw is in the house. Hello, Brittany.
3: Hey, Jonathan. Hello. And everyone.
1: So now we're going to get to know you guys a little bit better, Paul. And we are going to start with you because I am that guy. So, Paul, tell everybody where you're (laughs) from, what you do, and something fun about yourself. Uh, Well, I'm from Schenectady, New York,
4: which is a place you've maybe heard of. I keep busy here, more or less, if I need to. It's about what I do. And fun about myself. No, nothing very fun. I don't know. Is there uh There's nothing fun my, about yourself? Am I supposed to be fun? Was that one of the criteria
1: here? It is. is this... It is, yes. <laughs> yes, you need to be fun. So. Crap. Have you ever been on a game uh, show? Uh, yes, I've been on Jeopardy. So well, that's that. kind of fun. Yeah,
4: yeah, I guess it's fun. Did you ever create a board years game? Ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with this. I'm. Uh... <laughs> Some push pulling going on here, I see. Yeah. I was
5: also Prime Minister of Canada. I have 17 <laughs> graduate degrees. I have 45 adopted children who are all Nobel Prize winning scientists. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally, I just sit around my house doing nothing. Read my Wikipedia page
1: I, really, I really like Nick doing a Paul imitation. It was almost Bill Murray. It was pretty so, can good. Nick
2: just introduce all of us?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish. All right, Nick. Where are you from, what you doing, something fun about yourself? Uh, I am from outside D.C.
5: I am unemployed and uh, (laughs) uh, something fun about myself. Uh, I host a uh, podcast called Things That Are Blank. And I thought it'd be really funny to uh, just break out into the opening of Things That Are Blank, uh, just in the middle of this, like I didn't know where I was. But then I realized I didn't have my script in front of me, and I have not yet ingrained the speech in my head <laughs> enough that I could have pulled it without the script. So, uh, yeah, I'm just drinking a lot now, and uh, I'm looking forward to a
1: really good show tonight. Love it. Welcome. Thank you. Corey, tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself. Hey,
6: everyone. Uh, I am from Livonia, Michigan, but I am currently living in Shaker Heights, Ohio. I'm a high school English teacher um, that doesn't teach Shakespeare all the time, so I'm definitely not a ringer. But I can't remember if I said this last time, but the story I always tell is I once broke my collarbone dancing to tub
3: thumping. (laughs) (laughs) But did you get back up again?
6: Oh. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Oh. After 15 seconds,
4: yeah. How did that and happen?
6: He we drank uh... a whiskey
4: drink, he drank a vodka drink.
1: That song is so good.
6: I was in my uh, college orientation group, and we were doing a performance of One Hit Wonders, and since I can't dance, but I love wrestling, uh, I did mine to a song, and my entire dance consisted of me getting clotheslined by my friends and taking bumps and i Jesus. took one a little
7: too hard <laughs> yeah
6: was the floor matted well when he did it uh the first time we did it we did it on like a softer kind of stage surface but then we had an impromptu performance outside oh. uh which not on the cement on the grass but it was still a bad idea it
1: doesn't yeah. sound smart Corey. doesn't sound smart <laughs> i think you need some new friends <laughs> yes. it's like dude can we <laughs> hit you again that'd be amazing I think I just
6: need to get better at selling bumps.
1: That's true. All right, Brittany, tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself.
3: Hi, everybody. So I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee, but now I live in uh, Redmond, Washington, just outside of Seattle. And I came via Iowa for about two years. So I've lived here, there, and a couple of places. So
1: Are you uh, are you one of those crazy Microsoft people?
3: Uh, my husband is.
1: Oh, okay. So- yeah, you say Redmond, um, yeah. I'm like, there's only one thing in Redmond.
3: Yeah, that I mean, that's basically it, is <laughs> uh, Microsoft. Yeah, I work in commercial lines insurance, and I am an insurance raider, which means just when people need their insurance uh, renewed, I just go in and I get the pricing for them. So that's what I do there. And as far as something fun about myself, I haven't been on any game shows or created any board games, but I've won a couple games of harry potter trivia that have been like live games here in the seattle area so i've made a little bit of money from that so great job
1: that's a lot of fun it's a lot more fun than being on jeopardy no for real (laughs) you know i was thinking redmond it has two types of people either they work at microsoft or they're like a twinkie dealer to to hold up the economy (laughs) of the people who are working at microsoft (laughs) all right liz you're last Tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and something fun about yourself.
2: Hello, I am from New York City and I am in New York City currently. So if you hear a a siren in the background, that is a Brooklyn siren. For the last five years, I was artistic director of the Fresh Fruit Festival, which is an incredible uh, all all queer theater festival that happens every summer. Uh, I've now stepped down and I am now on the brand new Leadership Council of the New York Shakespeare Exchange, which produces Shakespeare pub crawls and Shakespeare events uh, across the city. So that is really exciting. And the funnest thing about me now is that my cat Lexi is sitting right here at my right elbow. She's my assistant while I work from home.
1: So I fully expect that you guys in your your pub crawls and whatever literature that you have a recommendation for this episode to everyone who engages with you in your Shakespearean pursuits.
2: You mean I'm recommending this to them or I'm recommending a pub?
1: No, this. I don't care if you recommend <laughs> a pub. I'm trying for advertising here, okay?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, people have heard about this. Oh, good. People are going to get a link.
1: <laughs> good, good, good. All right. So, we have reached the point in the game where it is time for Warm It Up, Chris.
2: It's time to
1: warm it up A Trivial Warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA. And that's Chris.
2: And sometimes Jonathan.
1: And the part of Chris is going to be played by Liz.
2: All right. So hey, Liz. Sort of- out of yep. curiosity,
5: did he give you a heads up that you were coming up with warm it up, Chris? Because the last time I hosted, it was just take it away, Nick. I had. No yeah, idea. I'm
2: really <laughs> glad I asked. Because <laughs> <laughs> the one the bonus episode I was on, Jonathan did the warm it up, Chris, and I assumed that, that was going to be the case here. I I mean,
1: they ask for a year to do a show and then don't even think (laughs) to come prepared.
2: I came prepared. The origin story of this episode we're doing now is I found out that there had never been a Shakespeare bonus episode, but there uh, was going to be a second wrestling bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) So in honor of that, here's our warm it up, Chris. I'm going to give you a phrase that describes a person. And then you're going to tell me is that a character from Shakespeare describing someone else or is it a professional wrestler's nickname?
1: Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> Am I playing in this so, format
2: of Chris? Oh yes you are. Oh good. I mean you'll, you'll probably know oh, all of them uh, from the wrestler end. Maybe. So uh, I'll, I'll give you the phrase and you'll tell me Shakespeare or wrestler. And again, if it's Shakespeare that's uh, it's, it's a line from Shakespeare. It's a character describing someone. Uh, let's start with Jonathan. Yes. Yours is The Man That Gravity Forgot.
1: Is this a wrestler's nickname or a Shakespearean nickname? Yes, Shakespearean
2: nickname or epithet. Someone says this about someone.
1: I have never heard this on a wrestler, so I'm going to say it Shakespearean.
2: I have it as a wrestler, Adrian Neville. Oh, no. I already One of the
1: the Neville brothers' tag team wrestlers. (laughs) Exactly. They sing and then they fight. Uh, this, must right. be, this must be a, a nickname he's picked up after he left the main, the main brands that I pay attention to.
2: Well, and this comes from the highest uh, quality source, uh, the internet. Oh, yes. Ooh. No, I'm not
6: saying it's Therefore, wrong. I'm sure it it's right. Be- no, it's, it's real. That's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: All right. Let's go to Paul. Yours is the devil's butcher.
4: I'll go Shakespeare on that one.
2: Uh, That's correct. Uh, In Henry VI, uh, uh, Margaret calls Richard, soon to be the third, the devil's butcher. (laughs) Nick, yours is the Queen of Night. That's Wrestler. I googled hard thinking this must also be a wrestler's nickname and could not find one. It is Shakespeare from As You Like It. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Brittany, your...
5: I was going to say, I have a very important track record that I have to uh, maintain in Warm It Up Chris's. I do not believe I have gotten one right.
2: Awesome. <laughs>
3: <We'll
2: see. laughs> uh, Brittany, yours is The Excellence of Execution.
3: I mean, that sounds like a Shakespeare thing, so I'm going to say Shakespeare. That is Bret Hart. Bret, Bret the Hart. man. Yeah. Hart. Wrestler Bret Hart. Ah, okay. Well, right, now uh, I also have gotten no <laughs> correct answers in Warm It Up Chris so far.
2: Or yours is She Wolf of France.
6: Wow, I have (laughs) that'd be a very specific wrestler. So I'm going to go with (laughs) Shakespeare.
2: (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) Henry six three once again. All right, uh, back to Jonathan, the Spanish strongman.
1: Spanish strong- seat. Doc- it's easy if I know the wrestler. It's not so good <laughs> if I don't. I've never heard the name of the Spanish strongman, so I'm gonna say Shakespeare again.
2: That is Polo Cordovo, a wrestler. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did this on purpose. <laughs> it's
2: it's randomized. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul, yours is the courageous captain of compliments.
4: The courageous captain of compliments. That, that sounds a little too weird to be Shakespeare. That I can say wrestler for that one.
2: That is what Mercutio calls Tybalt, among Romeo other and things, in Romeo and Juliet.
4: <laughs> I do not remember that line.
2: Okay. <laughs> Nick, yours is the colored stranger.
5: That better be Shakespeare. If it's not, <laughs> 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 it's got to be.
2: That the is 1950s the 1950s wrestler, wrestler Silas maybe. Archer. It's what? It's the wrestler Silas Archer.
5: You're
1: kidding me. <laughs> From what era? That's that
2: racist. I cannot tell you. Means-
1: <laughs> I, if it makes you feel better, Nick, I've never heard of this man.
2: Uh, what, what was the nickname again? The Colored Stranger.
1: Yeah, no, not touching that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, Brittany, yours is The Native Beast.
3: Ooh, The Native Beast. Uh, I don't really know wrestlers, so I can't go off that. I'm going to say Shakespeare again.
2: That is wrestler Nyla Rose. <sighs> <laughs> uh why don't we go around one more time well, Since I apparently I, I picked too well
5: i was gonna say has anybody got oh, right, no right it's so 50, i i'm sorry
2: i skipped cory
5: yeah
2: cory yours is the black prince
6: hmm that feels like it could describe a lot of shakespeare characters i can't think of a wrestler named black prince so i'm gonna go with shakespeare
2: it is both Both it's wrestler Minoru Tanaka, and Edward the Black Prince was a real dude who showed up in some Shakespeare as well.
5: <laughs> All yeah. right, loophole. He was, also, he was also in A Knight's Tale.
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot that that was yeah. him. Was that
4: Rupert yeah, that's Everett? actually the same person, yeah.
5: It wasn't Rupert Everett, no, but it was, the, um, it was the other guy. The guy who ends up knighting him in the end.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. So, For by the works. way, Silas Archer, the colored stranger, yeah, he, he shows up in an article from 1902. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better, yeah. but it's yeah, still, yeah. still yeah, not good. <laughs> There's a reason why I'd never heard of him.
4: <laughs> I remember him back from my youth when I was watching wrestling. In- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> back when dirt right, was the
2: hot go. new toy. <laughs> I can't believe y'all are not up on your fin de wrestlers.
5: The turn of the millennial Trivia. trivia. <laughs> All
2: right. One more time through. Jonathan, yours is the Queen of Secrets.
1: Shakespeare.
2: Yes, two noble kinsmen. Thank you. Woo. Paul the Golden Greek. That sounds like a wrestler. Yep, Chris Belkis.
4: Never heard of him, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Nick, the greatest soldier of the world.
5: Greatest soldier of the world. Let's go, Shakespeare.
2: You go on. I broke your streak. Hey. Yes. That's from answering Cleopatra. <laughs> <Finally.
3: laughs> <laughs> Brittany, scourge of the Balkans. I'm gonna say wrestler.
2: Yes, Ali Bell Ali yes. Bay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Corey, the great magician.
6: Oh. That sounds like a WCW Saturday night gimmick. <laughs> 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 they had like the gambler.
1: They had Oz.
6: I'm gonna say that's probably like Prospero or something. I'm gonna go say it was Shakespeare.
2: It is Shakespeare, Henry the I forget who yes. it's about but <laughs> <for> Shakespeare. <laughs> that's everyone, right? All right.
1: That's it. That is your warm-it-up Chris question of the episode. Who got... Did anybody get more than one right? I, I got, all got three, two, I, I think. Right. Corey, you got two? Corey I you got three. Three? three? Yep. Okay, Corey has to play on his team by himself. Everybody else is going to team up against him. <laughs>
2: well, thank you for uh, proof of concept.
1: That's the way that's last going time I was
2: on. Last
6: time I was on, it was Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter characters, so I'm just like... I'm only getting these, like... 1990s
4: love infatuation. <laughs> so I'm loving it. Last time I was on it was the Beatles songs and I'm still bitter about one of those. So. <laughs> the last time I was on it was Boris Karloff movies.
5: <laughs> and? Oh, wait, is that the one that I wrote? It's so I think it was the one you wrote. Yeah,
4: this is your fault. <laughs> It was, was it Boris Karloff movies or Bella Lugosi movies?
5: It was, I'm oh, sorry, Bella Lugosi movie. Bela, real or fake Bella Lugosi. He
4: yeah, remembers it better than you do. So, uh, you have me to thank for that one.
5: So. Yeah, it's your
1: fault. You're welcome. All right, so today's game it's going to be Corey and Paul versus Brittany and Nick. Liz is hosting, and it's time to play the game. us.
0: Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literature himself. Cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme based questions we call the gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't going to play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, Liz, take it away.
2: Round one, we're starting off with some general Shakespeare trivia. Question one, your category is, he doth bestride the narrow world like a colossus. What country is the most common setting for Shakespeare's plays? Either whole or in part. So even one scene counts. And since it was a long time ago, If you have any questions about what counts as what, let me know. What countries count as what countries? I think it's common sense, but if you have questions, let me know.
3: Yeah, Nick, I think I like your answer.
1: Uh, Your answer's
5: not bad either.
1: It's the Shakespeare in Australia. (laughs) We love the bard. (laughs) (laughs) Crikey
2: losing all your Australian listenership right now. (laughs) That's not true.
1: They love being picked on. (laughs) Both of them. Uh, No, actually, we have a lot of listeners in Australia. They're awesome. Uh, Oh, cool. Uh, We have more in Australia than we do in the UK. Really? Yes. See,
5: now, now, Brittany, I'm thinking about your answer.
3: Yeah. But my gut was your answer. I just changed it because I...
5: So we're going to rock rock in in with... uh, uh,
4: no, don't tell us what. You
5: yeah, don't say don't in. say
1: what you're locking so with, in with. Just with, write it down with, and circle it. All
4: right, is okay. it circled? So like I can say what it was with our final answer here. All
1: so. right, Nick and Brittany, you guys can talk out loud. <clears throat> All right,
5: so the debate that we're currently having is, is I think we're pretty solid on 50, we're pretty 50-50. Uh, the answer that she gave... Which I think is the right answer is England. And the answer that I gave, which she thinks is the right answer, is hmm. Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going through and I, I came up, you know, I just started listing stuff. So Othello, two gentlemen of Verona, Anthony and Cleopatra, Julius Caesar, you know, all the stuff Virgin that takes place. of
3: Venice, of yeah. the Shrew.
5: Right. But sort then, of in
3: Italy. But then I was thinking of. Well, what about the histories? Because those may be set elsewhere, and uh, right. you had mentioned all the Henrys and John and the Richards. So, yeah, I'm trying to do the math on this.
5: I think you know what this is. I you know what I really think. I think this is going to be one of those things where it's like uh, thirty-one twenty-nine. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be real close, and and especially reading Liz's body language, which I know she's trying to hide, but isn't very good at it. Uh, <laughs> I also don't think there's sixty Shakespeare plays. No, I mean, yeah, hope <laughs> <laughs> not.
3: I think crap. I think we should go with Italy, which is okay. your answer. All
5: right, let's lock in with Brittany's answer of Italy.
4: We had All the right. same too. I think she said Italy just off the top of my head. But then Corey said England, and then I remembered, oh, the histories, that's 10 right there. You add Merry Wives of Windsor, you add King Lear, you add Cymbeline, you've got at least 13 there, which is a full third of them, or more, or about a third of them. And then I figured that's, that's got to be the answer to that. So I don't think more than a third are said in Italy.
6: I know, I think I was reading, because I was cramming some stuff, that Italy is number two. And so England feels really good to me.
2: I'm sorry, what did you lock in with? I- England. So we have one for England, one for Italy. Uh, well, uh, you said it perfectly. Thirteen in England, including Lear and Blind, Twelve in Italy. So England oh, is the geez. answer. Uh-huh. Yeah, I suppose,
4: Okay. And I was like, Does Macbeth never get south of the border? There, yeah. So, so you
2: can't say UK
4: include include Scotland because there was no UK back then. But yeah.
2: Question two. Your category is okay. Granny. What big eyes you have. The Bard's plays are full of women disguising themselves as men, but only two involve men disguised as women. Name either play. And please note, we're not talking about actor characters, you know, okay. t- cross dressing for plays within plays, deception based cross dressing only.
4: <laughs> it's cross dressing with a purpose.
2: Yeah.
4: Men dressed as women, you said, right?
2: Correct. Two okay. plays, name one.
3: Okay. You want the play?
2: Yes.
4: All right, uh, Britney and oh, I, wait, I are wait, locked wait, wait. in. I think I've got one. I kind of like your idea, but I really think in *The Merry Wives of Windsor*, Fal- Falstaff dresses up as a woman to try to hide from the husband of the uh, one, of, one of the wives. There, I just read that like in the past, like half year or so, so it's kind of fresh in my mind, and I think that sounds very familiar.
6: So that's that's a play I definitely am not familiar with. I know. I was going through some plot summaries of things that I hadn't read for a while. And I think The Taming of the Shrew starts with a guy passed out and they dress him as a lord. And then one of the other people who are there dress one of the guys who are there as a woman and pretend like it's his wife to set up this whole
4: thing in motion. But it's been so long since I've seen...
6: That I read play. that one
4: last year as well, and yeah, Actually, I remember I that, remember that bit exactly. Happens. I, I probably should have reviewed. So I really didn't study <laughs> at all. I mean, looked at a few things, and that sounds. That's. I mean, I know there's a scene like that. I don't remember the specific dressing up there. I mean, let me just think about this Mary Wives a bit. If I can recall, that just
6: you're on your own with that one because that's one I don't really know.
4: It's not one of the more well known ones, really. Well, how 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 certain are you about yours?
6: Uh, I'm certain that I read that in the summary <laughs> uh and, but it, since it's not part of the uh i can't I, I don't know if it's a part of a frame story
4: if it's just kind of a, well it's the first of scene of, of that one yeah it's, it's, it's weird yeah. the way they bring it in they like yeah, I mean, yeah it's unlike any other play in that regard where they do that whole introductory thing which then they don't even come back to at the end or everything it just makes no sense it really doesn't belong in the play almost well, that's why it
6: stuck out because i had no recollection of it because i haven't read taming of the shrew in so long
4: uh, could we, yeah, we, oh, we could go with that. You, you're sure that the synopsis you read, they, they they said that? Yes. Okay. That's better than my being pretty sure about mine. Okay, so we'll go with uh, Taming of the Shrew. Okay. All right, not locking that in. All right, I did, well, didn't write it down, but I said it out loud, so. <laughs> I,
5: I'm i not 100% sure on Corey's, but I am 100% sure on Paul's. Uh, we uh-huh. locked in the Mary Wise of Windsor. Falstaff is dating two women, and then they dress him up as a woman in order to, like, the husband's about ready to walk in, so they dress him up as a woman to pretend like he's not there.
1: Oh, that yeah, old trope. That. Uh, yeah. yeah. I saw that in Willow. <laughs> it was new at the oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens in Willow. Yeah, yeah.
2: So we're all locked in? mm mm-hmm. yes. uh, I thought I might have uh, been tricky on the shrew one, since that part is almost always cut from stage productions, because... Yes, that part. <laughs> it's the worst part of a play that's not great to begin with. Merry Wives of Windsor and the Taming of the Shrew. Nice oh, work, everybody. <laughs> right Just if I could defend Mistresses Ford and Page, they're not dating Falstaff. He is trying to date uh, them and they are he, pranking him.
5: Right. They are they were in uh, on they're it. They're
2: Merry. Well, multiple news anyway. <laughs> it, it was a pun back then. All right, question three category the more things change what problem play which has received renewed attention during the current me too movement infamously ends with the heroine being proposed to but having no scripted response
4: i'm missing a play from my list that i wrote out here so i'm trying to figure out what that is but it probably doesn't matter right now do you
6: have henry
2: the
1: fourth part
6: two but not part
1: one
4: (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) do you have henry
1: the fourth men in tights
2: (laughs) That was a well-constructed Mel Brooks joke, Jonathan.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs> it's a history of the world part, too. I like it.
4: Yeah, I think we're going to lock in with what I suggested here and hope it's right. Yeah, I'm fine with that.
3: I am trying to remember because I feel like I read some criticism of The Taming of the Shrew recently, but I don't think it was for that. Just more just a vague kind of criticism of the treatment of Katarina. But I'm trying to remember because I recently watched the Joss Whedon adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing. And I feel like it kind of ended on a weird proposal type thing. But I don't remember 100%. But if I had to lean in a direction, I'm kind of leaning towards Much Ado About Nothing. But not super confident.
5: Sure. So in trying to think of literally anything, because I got nothing. Mm Uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream, was there an odd drunken proposal there at the end, but they had sobered up by the end, so, I don't know, drunken and sober being, you know, relative terms to the actual plot of the play.
3: I know the final scene of A Midsummer Night's Dream is like Puck kind of dismissing the audience, so. Right.
5: I got nothing. I, I, I Make your best guess, and let's move on to get a different answer wrong instead of just this one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, should we just lock in Much Ado About Nothing then? Go for it. Okay, locking in Much Ado About Nothing. All
4: right, and Paul and Court. Based on the Me Too thing, I decided to go with Measure for Measure, because I know that's got some rather dark parts to it. (laughs) Sexual coercion and things like that. I don't remember much about it. I read it quite a few years ago. That's
5: 100%
2: right. Is that what Uh you locked in?
4: That's what we the about,
5: Measure for Measure. Yeah, that's 100% right. The, the Who silence, believe
2: the Isabel?
5: Silence is deafening. Yep.
2: Yes, and uh, it is Measure for Measure. Part of the clue was problem play. There yeah, are really cool. yeah. three plays, classes, problem plays, because no one really knows if they're comedies or tragedies. They're just kind of weird. And this <laughs> is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, woman... Mm-hmm. Uh, A Catholic novitiate trying to become a nun spends the whole play defending her chastity, and then at the end, the duke proposes, and that's it. So, (laughs) yes, measure for measure. All right. Uh, All right. quoted a lot. I saw two different productions last year. It is all over the place. (laughs) Question four. Your category is, need some aloe for that burn? (laughs) Everyone loves Shakespearean insults. In one famous battle of wits, the heroine is asked... What, my dear lady disdain, are you yet living? She responds, is it possible disdain should die while she hath such meat food to feed it as Signor blank? What name goes in that blank? Wow.
4: Uh, can Ugh. you read that again? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I
2: can. All right, so, Heroine is asked, What, my dear lady disdain, are you yet living? She responds, is it possible disdain should die while she hath such meat food to feed it as Signor oh. blank?
3: Okay, uh, we're locked in. <laughs> oh.
4: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm... So, yeah, as I said, you. I think it kind of sounds like Benedict and Beatrice back and forth a bit there. That's the most familiar... I mean, I, I, other than that, I don't really have much of anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think... I mean, the quote... Senor makes sense in Spain, right? So, the Senor part makes sense.
6: Oh. Um, yeah, I was trying to think if that's something that... um would have been said in uh uh the merchant of venice too to shylock but i don't recall that line i, I like i'm not strong about that in any regards like when i I've heard the the back and forth and, and when you think witty repartee yeah Beatrice, and they're
4: the two prime examples of that i think and Signora yeah. i think it's at spain because you've got don john or his name is and they'll have I've seen the movie, but this is one I know mostly from the movie. I, mean, I read it once, but I saw the movie, you know, s- several times. But I don't remember that exact line. I- it does seem like that. I would go with that over Merchant of Venice anyway. If you have any other thoughts, though, did you freeze up there? You're just very still. <laughs> <laughs> is he frozen? Everybody yeah, else, definitely here? frozen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm talking to myself basically. Okay. Oh, he's back. Okay.
6: Sorry. Yeah, my Wi-Fi cut out. I was saying, uh, if you're thinking repartee, Beatrice and Benedict, makes sense to me. Nothing else really stands out. Like, I don't think it's anything being said about, like, Toby Belch or anything. So, you know, that,
4: you know, I'd be fine with with, uh, Benedict. Okay, we're looking for the name of the person, right? Not the play.
2: The name of the person, yes. Okay, yeah. So, want to just go with that? Yep. Okay. Locking Benedict. All right. Brittany and Nick, what'd you say?
3: We said and i was really hoping the italian senior versus spanish senior was going to throw you off there
2: i'm sorry you broke up so you i did i heard everything except the answer
3: oh sorry we locked in with benedict as well yes yeah. correct we were also uh, yeah. we italian. were also
5: joking we were just going to answer <laughs> much ado about nothing for every uh every question from here
2: <laughs> <forward>. <laughs> yes that, that is beatrice and benedict early in much ado about nothing And that movie was, I think, my first Shakespeare anything.
4: Oh, Uh, it was good. I I like that a lot. Yeah. So uh, teams
1: get credit? Yes. All right.
2: Uh, Question five. Your category is, and bears, oh my. (laughs) What fictional but clearly European area is apparently home to both lions and man-killing snakes?
5: Fictional, eh? All right, once this question's over, Brittany and I have an, a follow-up question. <laughs>
2: okay.
5: <laughs> yes, you're 100% <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, are you good to lock in with, with that then?
3: Yeah, I think you should lock that in.
5: Okay, we're
4: locked in. Okay, so we can talk a bit here. All
5: right.
2: Oh, my goodness. I made a hilarious answer. In, yeah, the I, only
6: one that off the top of my head that I can remember was Illyria, but I taught Twelfth Night last year. I don't recall even a mention of... Yeah, I
4: don't recall. I, I, yeah, I just read that and I watched a version of it and I mean, I think The Forest of Arden, I think, is not a real place and that's the setting of at least a Shakespeare play. As I said, I think it's as you like it. And I can't think of... I mean, other places I can think of that are settings are all real places. All the histories that you set in real places most of the Most of the uh tragedies, I think, are you know real places, and the comedy' are the ones where it kind of takes a little more you know leeway with reality. So, yeah, all I can
6: I, think about is if there's like a you know like a a funny mention of someone being cast somewhere or you know someone has returned from someplace and is
4: bragging about. I mean, the mention of but was it what true. was the name of the category? It was something about bears, right? Yeah, made me think of uh, *Winter's Tale*. Yeah, which is the one I didn't. Okay, *Winter's Tale* is the one I don't have on here. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. I've got complete disc- the list. Yeah. Complete the um, list is a different show. That's said in like <laughs> skinny or something like that. And I don't remember, I've not read that one. In a re- I don't remember anything about that play really. We're not read that in a really long time. So, yeah,
6: that's what. If I'm... there
4: is a setting there that's not really like, I could name what it is. So, given fictitious places in Shakespeare plays, there's not much I have to go with. But I think Arden's. Yeah, I mean, named it feels
6: like something, you know, a touchstone or
4: somebody could have been talking about that roams the forest. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's in that been, play in been. high school, but that was that was a few years back. So <laughs> or, Orlando is at the main character and the main male character. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. much matter. Might have had Jake some counterfeit something. Doesn't he like at the end I'm gonna start making things up here and thinking they're real that he's almost killed by something and then survives and then they get married. I don't know. Did you have anything other than Arden that's a fictitious place and I do not.
6: Uh, so knocking that then. Yeah, if the, maybe the fool's talking about it. I don't know. So that's what
2: I'm
5: going to
4: okay. go with. Oh, Forest of Arden.
2: That's your final answer? Yeah. Yes. All right, Nick and Brittany.
5: Okay, we'll get to our answer in a second. But more importantly, <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the name How's of that? the island in the Tempest?
2: I don't
4: think they ever name it.
3: Okay, good. Okay, we didn't think so either. They call it Tempest we were...
4: Island. Basically <laughs> like Bermuda, I think, but it's also not European. So like, we you know, discuss that because it's... Triangle Island. Not right. European. <laughs> we we were debating as to what the name of the island
5: was, and then both of us are like, I, I don't think they actually named it. Okay. So that was that was ten minutes wasted of our time. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's as, as as you like it. Uh, Orlando saves his brother from the two animals. It's in the woods, uh, and then we were trying to come up with what it was, and I I remembered it was something along the lines of it was either Arden or Alden, or, or I first threw out Forest of Aden, uh, or Amden. I said, it's something like that. I said, but but at, when it comes down to it, I don't know if that's right. Because when I think Arden, I think, you know, World Wars and... and All of Arden, of course. Oh, Arden. Yeah, that,
1: that can't be it. A-R-D-E-N-A-S.
5: Yeah, that can't be it. And then Brittany goes, are you thinking of Arden? And I'm like, yep, that's what I'm thinking of. Let's go with Arden. That sounds right. Let's go that. Yep. So... We lock in with the uh, Forest of Arden. Uh,
2: and yes, you are all correct. Oh, uh,
7: all right.
5: Orlando sees that.
2: Oliver sleeping with a deadly snake on him, and then just coincidentally is attacked by a lion after the snake leaves. Shocking. I really forgot
4: all that. I was, I was in this play, <laughs> did, so I've seen it yeah. a million times when I was, you know, 15 or whatever. But that was about six or seven years ago. So, um, yeah. It's right on for my list of
6: rereads, it's been a long time.
1: At the end of the first round, the score is fifty to thirty with Corey and Paul in the lead. They haven't missed one yet. And Liz, I think you're feeling better about difficulty level matching up now, aren't you?
2: I am now. I feel like maybe I dumb things down too much.
1: No, wow, no, <laughs> trust no, me, no, trust, no, trust no, don't me. Trust me.
2: About you let me let me open my first draft. Document. You're stretching
1: them. You're doing fine. All right, round two.
2: Round two is our history and terminology round. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, question one, your category is, everyone loves grammar, right?
4: <laughs> Actually, yeah.
2: <laughs> in Shakespeare's texts, what is the second person singular subject pronoun typically reserved for close relationships or superiors in rank? Okay, we're locked in.
4: We're thinking valve, that seems kind of easy, is it? I mean, it's definitely second person, it's...
6: Yeah, and this is where my... Failures as an English teacher might come come across, but I'm trying to think of the other ways characters could be addressed. I mean, yeah, I mean characters coming, I mean, you know, you is obviously used, but lovers call each other thou and all that. I'm trying to think if there's any nothing else is popping out that
4: yeah. seems to. I mean There's a version like line, but that's obviously you know different form of yeah for you know yeah possession. So I, I don't know. We should speed this up and just put this down. I yeah. guess. I mean, we should talk we... about this for seventy-two minutes. Seventy-two minutes. Okay.
6: Okay. No. i we'll, let's go with thou, and we'll okay. just be like, oh yeah, that makes sense, and move on, pretend like it never happened.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if We miss this, and they get it right. We're still we're still ahead, you know.
2: <laughs> so that's your answer. You're set.
4: Yeah. Right. That's so. a, yeah. Okay. Thou. Yep. Thou.
2: Uh, Nick and Brittany, take it away.
5: Uh, so second person, singular subject pronoun, you, o- o- ye olde English, thou. Uh, so we went with
2: thou. Jonathan, this is the question I mentioned to you. I just thought of a mean one. The answer is you. Yeah. At Shakespeare's ah. time, thou was actually the less formal oh, term of address. <laughs> uh, and then All right. people were putting on airs and calling and youing each other so much that thou fell out of favor. But it. Generally, when you read a Shakespearean play, thou is the is for lower-class people, you is for upper-class people or close relationships. So and if you're wondering the difference between thou and thee, thou is subject, thee is object. I had that, yeah, I was, okay. <laughs> yeah,
5: well, right. That was, yeah, the, the old, the English of, of, or the the modern
1: of thee is ye. <laughs> Is it okay. not? And the hip version of that is Yeezy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first question that nobody got right. It's grammar. It was expected.
4: <laughs> we were all, we exactly. were all over it though.
7: Let's See, shake yeah, I mean, it you off. Were, you
4: know. Yeah.
1: Like, what's the word for you? You know, and then the right.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you is a word for you. You said you, and I was like, oh man, is Nick about to get this right? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Now. I was
2: worried I spoiled it <laughs> by putting that Beatrice that Benedict quote earlier, because he oh. he
4: used her. But yeah. no, I didn't. Nope. We weren't speaking right. that it closely about
2: that. Onwards and upwards. Okay. So question Wherefore two. You right <laughs> <laughs> Your category for question two is no wives were executed in the making of this question. During a sixteen thirteen performance of the Shakespeare John Fletcher collaboration, Henry the an accident led to what historical event? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so you can talk it out?
1: Yeah. Paul and Corey, you can talk out loud. Yeah. Okay.
4: Well, yeah. Well, We yeah. all throw the same thing down in our messenger, burning of the globe, right? I take it. It did burn down, I know. They rebuilt it in the, in the 90s, 97 or so. That also can be, it's not the Great Fire of London, because that was not started from that, and that was uh, 50 years later, um, 53 years later, so... Yeah, the globe burnt down, right?
6: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it didn't burn down.
4: All right, burning of the globe. Uh, Final answer, locked in.
2: All right. And Uh, what did you lock in with, Brittany and Nick? We
3: also locked in with the globe burning down. I believe it was a cannon misfire, and it caught the globe on fire, so we said the globe burning down.
5: That is What happens when you build a building with a straw roof?
3: Yeah, it burned (laughs) down the globe-dang theater uh
2: i always <laughs> thought it wasn't it was a sa- on off stage sound effect not even for a battle scene oh, it was wow. just like for someone entering a party for henry probably and they <laughs> they actually uh, rebuilt it a couple years later and then it got torn down again by puritans
5: it was also yeah, the uh the <laughs> first known instance of uh sound effects guys getting canned for shoddy work
4: <laughs> not the last time yeah I think when they rebuilt the Globe back in the 90s, they actually had an, an act of parliament to make it legal to have a thatch roof building in London. Because after the Great Fire, there was they made it illegal, and they actually had to write a new law just so they could build it again, which is interesting factoid. <laughs> which I think is true, but I can't back that up.
2: <laughs> I can't tell
4: you it's not. Sounds yeah. right. Sounds sounds true. It's all it that sounds
2: matters. plausible. Now on to question three. Ca- your category is in which Liz tries not to curse about white people. <laughs> in, london, in, in london in london i don't want to curse because i don't know if it's allowed in, on this particular podcast i definitely it? he, he can he's got, it got he's got beeps yeah in london in 1825 ira Al- aldridge became possibly the first black man to ever professionally play othello as opposed to you know some white dude pretending to be black <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't happen again until 1930 when what American actor-slash-activist-slash-singer became the second Black Othello in all of Britain? He became the first Black Othello on Broadway in 1943. You like that answer? I do. I only guy I could think of who would fit the bill at that era anyway. (laughs)
5: So we can lock that that in. All right, right, we're we're locked in.
2: Locked in, all right. Brittany Nick, you can talk it out.
5: uh, Do we have anything to talk about?
3: I have a jar of nothing.
5: Okay, uh, I'm going to go with my answer then, because okay. I'm, I'm 100% on it. Uh, it's, it's Paul Robeson, right?
3: Uh, what do we think, other team?
4: We put Paul Robeson. Yep, so. That's what we're thinking. He's definitely yeah. an activist, definitely. Black, definitely around that era. Uh,
2: yeah, it, it, it ran for a very long time on Broadway. So yes, Paul Robeson. Both teams are correct. Question four, your category is, talk about Ashanda for Degoyim.
4: <laughs> talk about we
2: what? Ashanda for Degoyim.
4: Oh, Mm-hmm.
2: We can argue at length about whether the Merchant of Venice is anti-Semitic, but we can all agree the Jew of Malta definitely was. <laughs> which of Shakespeare's contemporaries wrote this tragedy in which the Jew Barabbas poisons an entire nunnery, strangles a friar, and frames another friar? By the way, I'm Jewish. It's not actually a Shondafir de Fertigoyim. More like a blood libel. It was just a joke.
4: We're locked in. You're locked in? Okay, so we can talk. I mean... This is not really the Shakespeare questions, so I'm not know, I'm a out of my, uh, my element, so to speak. But his contemporaries, we've got uh, Marlowe and Johnson, and I don't know some other guys probably. And
6: yeah, I know the I I know the name of the play. I don't know anything about it, and so
4: um, I remember I've read. I've never anything by. I think I read something by Ben Johnson at one point, but I think Marlowe. I know he wrote. I'm gonna start saying the wrong things here and sound really dumb. But he wrote like
6: Dr. Faustus, Dr.
4: Faustus and Edward the Second or something like that and some other things yeah. and I've not heard of him having written that, so maybe wanna go more with Ben John. Well, I I mean I I really don't know. Yeah. Maybe someone else entirely. There were other guys back then, just,
6: just Yeah, the Malta shows up in those like bottom level Jeopardy clues and I'm like, oh I didn't know that. I should look that up and then I never do.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of it, but again, it's...
6: Mar- I mean, Marlowe seems like the obvious choice for a Shakespeare contemporary, so Ben Johnson might be the twist to it, you know? Um, but I, I, Marlo- I have...
4: No, I'll just pick one of them, because I really...
6: Uh, I think it might be... like I think Marlowe's the obvious one, so I think maybe go with Ben Johnson. All
4: but, right, happy with but, that. But, like I said, I, 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 I just don't know.
6: I don't know either. No,
4: All right, right let's go Ben with Johnson? Right. Yeah. Fine. Back to Ben Johnson.
3: Uh, we kind of had the same discussion in a way. We just decided Christopher Marlowe was our choice. It just kind of sounded more right.
5: As long as we're talking about Shakespeare and Love, to quote fines about Colin Firth, this is the murderer of Christopher Marlowe.
2: <laughs> so that is your answer. Uh, yep. So, uh, yeah, this guy actually was played by Rupert Everett in Shakespeare in Love. It's Christopher
4: Marlowe. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, that, I mean, I was. I was leaning against that as well. So whatever, you know.
1: <laughs> that was All a right. big, big get because that's the yep. first time Nick and Brittany have gotten one that Paul and Corey didn't. Closing the gap. Right.
4: Got yeah. a game on our hands here.
2: <laughs> All right. Last question of this round. Your category is verily, thou source twould be no math. in terms of poetic meter how many feet are in a typical Shakespearean sonnet Uh, uh, say that again of course in terms of poetic meter like not in terms of feet at the end of your legs how many feet are in a typical Shakespearean sonnet
5: Brittany you're going to have to work the math out for that for me on that (laughs) (laughs) not that I have a better answer
4: well, I never took calculus, but I think I can probably do this math. All right. We got the same answer, right?
6: Yeah, we got the same answer.
4: So lock that in? Yep. All right. We are locked, locked in. in. All right. Go go for it.
3: Okay. I think each line of the sonnet is 10 feet, and then there's 14 lines in a sonnet, so my thought is 140.
5: Yeah, so we're locking in with 140.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could also see him take a drink as he says that. <laughs> right?
7: That was... <laughs> All
2: right, Corey and Paul.
4: Uh, we said, well, Iambic pentameter, which is, I believe, five feet. Yeah, Iambic. Five syllables, poopy. but five feet. There'd be te- If your syllables, it'd be 104. We said 70, 15 times, or sorry, 14 times five. So we're talking with 70.
2: Yes, and Iamb is two mm-hmm. syllables. So each line of uh, stanza has... 10 syllables, but five feet, the answer is 70. Yep.
5: Uh,
3: very wow. good. Very good. Nice.
5: <laughs> all over it, Brittany. We were all over it. And <laughs> well, by me, I mean that. my you.
3: one concern on that <laughs> was that if the f- I am was one foot, <laughs> that's the pent that's that. in
2: pentameter is
3: five. Yeah.
6: Yeah. That comes from a lot of uh, stressed and unstressed syllables that I like, can mm. never really make sense of. <laughs>
2: <anyway. laughs>
5: I was so lost on that question. I I (laughs) might as well have not been here.
2: (laughs) Well, you both did very well.
1: So at the end of the second round, it is 80 to 60. Paul and Corey maintain their lead.
2: All right. Who's ready for a midpoint? Woo-hoo. Yes, it better be, right? right, I'm going to hold you to that enthusiasm. Uh, Your midpoint category is, who's that guy talking to? (laughs) Prince Hamlet speaks seven soliloquies. Some more famous than others. Give me the first line of five of them worth four points for each.
6: Oh, Jesus. This was a sporkle quiz I was going to do and then didn't. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Just half watched, half read this. All right.
6: I think one of them starts with My name is Hamlet, and I'm here to say I want to my father. Well,
2: that's a freebie for the other team.
4: <laughs> yeah, come on. Nailed it. Uh-oh. You can text that to me. You don't have to say it out
6: loud. It, it just sounds better, you know, when you act it out. So just so everyone knows, I've got nothing. I'm just waiting to see if Paul will figure any of them out. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
4: <laughs> Should we throw in the towel? Yeah, I think so. All
6: right. Do the two we know, I think, and then the one that's not right, but we'll just say it anyway.
3: All right, uh, Nick and Brittany, you can talk.
2: Uh, no,
5: I don't remember the beginning of that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure that one ends with. Uh, I think I remember how that one ends, but that's not what she wants. It's literally the opposite of what she wants.
5: Yeah, so, so we we're pretty sure on.
3: All that oh, she wants is We've,
5: We've got to be or not to be, is that this too solid flesh would melt? Oh, what a slave am I! was Life But a Shadow, and then he drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a vodka drink, <laughs> <laughs> he drinks a lager drink, he drinks a cider drink. Solid. Flashbacks. Yeah, yeah uh, Brittany, unless you have anything else, I'm good to lock in with those five.
3: Yeah, I'm totally fine, especially with number five. Is uh, <laughs> <Shakespeare, laughs>
2: poet. Was that the one you could only remember the last line of? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. stuff.
4: Yeah. Some songs are of the better times,
2: yeah. yeah
7: I'm
5: uh, pretty sure the last line was you're never going to keep me down when we're winning.
7: <laughs> yeah.
4: All right, so All zero right. 05.
7: Oh, no, those yes. are 05.
5: And All right,
3: I do you have a fun story once you guys have answered.
4: Okay obviously to be or not to be that is a question whether it is no but we're not going to go i used to i had that memorized at one point i don't think i do anymore but anyway uh we have all oh, that all oh, that this too, solid flesh would melt i think is how i remember the line i might be wrong there i think that's right then it's not a soliloquy. pretty sure and it doesn't kind of soliloquy. but we had a last poor york i knew him horatio but that's yeah, not soliloquy. No,
6: he's talking to someone so. yeah this
4: is where things <laughs> no. sort of fall apart <laughs> My name is Hamlet. I'm here to say, um, what was the rest of that? One?
6: My name is Hamlet. I'm here to say, I want to revenge my dad in a major way.
4: There we go. <laughs> and then, just no matter how thin, you, how thin you slice it, it's still bologna. Is the uh, is the last one.
2: <laughs> Sorry, bologna or bologna? Bologna, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have you, to you give us that. Can't on you? this There's one? There's
6: all right, where the G should be.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you all i know that was a tough one uh fun fact about me i once adapted and directed a production of hamlet that cut all soliloquies and decides and visible ghosts just an objective hamlet and turns so out it, when you, it was
5: a 10 minute hamlet
2: <laughs> turns out the play is still freaking long uh, <laughs> <wow. laughs> it's about three hours even with all that wow all right so here's what we have uh in order in the play Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt. I would have accept sullied, even though that is wrong. But that's another story. <laughs> I hate that people think. All right. Uh, oh, all you host of heaven, oh earth, what else? It's right after he sees the ghost. Oh, what a rogue and peasant slave am I. Oh. oh. Yeah. Which I'll give credit to Nick and Brittany for that. To be or not to be, that is the question.
4: There we go, all right. Tis the now
2: the very witching time of night. Now, but now might I do it, Pat? Now he is praying, okay.
4: and how That's... all
2: and how all occasions do inform against me.
4: Yeah, we all we were thinking about the one before he kill. He wants to kill Claudius, but then doesn't. But he couldn't think of how it started. So right. okay.
2: Yeah. So cory yeah. and Paul got two for eight points, and Nick and Brittany got three for twelve points. Well done. All
4: right. Yes. That's closing that the was, gap. Yeah.
2: We weren't going we were to get
4: those other ones, or so how long we thought about them. Oh, no. Because so, yeah. I wasn't
5: going to yeah. Fun, Fun bonus trivia question in here. Does uh, Chumbawamba Tub Thumping have more unique words in the song, or more credited songwriters?
7: I'm going to guess the question, <laughs> if people it's the just... in
4: the band, <laughs> He would be asking if uh, uh, <sighs> it's, uh, got a lot of people.
5: I'm going to say it's a yeah.
2: It was written by Ben Johnson.
4: <laughs> uh, th- there
5: are uh, eight different songwriters, and there are 21 unique words. Wow.
1: Okay. <laughs> so it was eight <laughs> points to 12 points for that?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. And my fun story is one of my earliest members, uh, memories with my grandpa was he called me over while he was reading the paper, and he was reading the local section, so he pointed at the corner, he's like, well, what does this say? And I was like, to be... And then he flips the page over. He's like, this one, I was like, 3B? He's like, no, that's not 2B. Uh, So, (laughs) Dad
1: jokes from the old days. (laughs) Yes, classic, I feel like. (laughs) At the end of the midpoint, the score is 88 to 72. Paul and Corey maintain a lead, but it's getting a little tighter. Yeah.
2: And round three is your pop culture round.
1: Ooh, okay.
2: So, uh, for the first question, your category is... Music. 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 So. Baz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet influenced a lot of 90s teens, but not as much as the soundtrack did. You couldn't flip through a friend's CD binder without seeing that distinctive orange and black disc. Name any recording artist on that soundtrack. Someone was just playing the soundtrack. That was yeah, <laughs> me.
1: I muted my phone. To play something somebody sent me, and it still was loud, and I'm telling her about it right now. Yeah, we're 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 locked in. I'm good. So, <laughs> been
6: a while since I've seen this, and I didn't yeah. have the soundtrack.
4: It was, I, it, was, it was the 90s. It was like the mid 90s. So, some I don't know who, who the hell's um, uh, what sort of stuff was. I mean, it was like alternative kind of. Was there like hip hop kind yeah, of? Yeah, there'd be some like,
6: like kind of California. Hip-hop kind of sounds to it.
4: Speaking of, uh, I, I keep thinking I Mulan, like, here, which does not help.
6: I don't know if Tupac would have been on it. You're I don't know.
4: peppers they're all very Californian, very 90s. Oh, yeah. Very... yeah, that would be
6: a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what would a company like John Leguizamo
4: or... It's probably not Gordon Lightfoot or something like that. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> on the shores of fair, Verona. Uh, chili peppers sound good to me
4: okay, i get that's just something off, off the top of my head completely there so let's go with the chili peppers sure yeah red hot chili peppers final right, answer in.
3: this is all nick so take it away
4: yeah so being
5: somebody who was very much in high school in the the late 90s Uh, and 100% listened to this album and was a huge theater nerd. Uh, The album started out, I believe, with the song Number One Crush by Garbage, Uh, and then there was Everclear with Local God, And then I'm pretty sure the next one was Kissing You by Desiree. And then somewhere in there was the Butthole Surfers and the Cardigans and
1: Radiohead. (laughs) Are you showing off (laughs) now? You know, if any of those are wrong, you've just given a wrong answer. You realize that, right?
5: uh, So we're going to lock in with what we wrote down on the paper, which is the important thing of uh, Garbage.
2: Yeah, none of those were wrong. And uh, while he skipped some, he got them in the right order. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. He okay. he's, he's skipped the less famous ones. But this yeah. is a
4: comeback round for them, I think. This Garbage. Where they just...
2: Garbage, number one crush. Everclear, Local God, one of my favorites. Yeah. Gavin Friday, One Inch yep. Punch, then Desiree. Okay. Butthole Surfers, which is probably my <gasps> favorite track on that album. Which Butthole Surfers? Cardigans.
5: Whatever,
2: I had, a, I had a Dream. It's I had got the dream, John yeah. Leguizamo line at the beginning. The Cardigans. No, the
5: butt, butt, butthole Surfer was I Had it Right, yeah, okay, yeah. I yeah, thought you said The Cardigans. The yeah, yeah.
2: Next, I'm returning to the answer, because they <sighs> still don't know if they got it right. The Cardigans, Kim Mazel, Quindon Tarver, Mundy, Radiohead, Stina Nordenstam, and The Wanna Dies. So, oh. right on yeah, Chili Peppers was of, a great guess, but Some no. of
4: those. Yeah. But, okay, well. So half credit for a great guess, right? So
5: do yeah. I Do I get 10
1: points per correct answer for that?
2: You do Hell not. No. Uh,
1: Paul, if it makes then you feel better. You get my steam. When I played the practice question, I guessed Baz Luhrmann, which was wrong.
2: It's like, really?
1: <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> Though actually it was right for the 10th anniversary re-release bonus tracks.
1: Yes, of course it oh, was. That's,
2: that's what he was thinking of, obviously. Baz Luhrmann oh. featuring Quendon Tarver in right. Everybody's Free-to-Wear Sunscreen.
4: Yeah, got nothing on that
2: one.
4: <laughs> yeah, we were outmatched that that question there. Let's see if we can get it back there. And
2: yeah, Brittany
5: was one hundred percent right. You could have made that one the midpoint. That would have been a better <laughs> midpoint. Oh
4: god.
2: Well, for Ooh. you, yeah, and no one else.
4: I have
7: All
2: right.
4: Juice here. To question
2: two in our pop culture round. Your category <laughs> is "Buck up, you melancholy Dane." <laughs> Name the brilliant, hilarious TV show about a Canadian Shakespeare festival that initially starred Rachel McAdams. They had to write her off the show when she got American famous. We agree. Yeah, right.
6: yeah we're locked in.
1: We're locked in, yeah, okay. That seemed like a Paul question. <laughs> well, both of us
4: got it, and we're pretty confident, so yeah, locked in.
1: All right, Brittany and Nick, you can talk. We
3: can. <laughs>
1: With your words. You're Rachel. To
4: talk. <laughs> Rachel
5: McAdams is a Canadian-born actress. Uh I agree. She was in both movies and television.
3: <laughs> she was in Mean Girls, but she
5: was in Mean Girls. I don't
3: she was remember Shakespeare in that. <laughs>
5: uh she was in the notebook. Sherlock that was, Holmes. That was yeah, all right. I don't think this is helpful. You, hey, you have your
2: process. We have ours. <laughs> don't knock it there.
5: She was definitely Doctor. She was definitely in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm.
2: Rachel McAdams actually just paid me to write this question. <laughs> she dated
4: Ryan Gosling, I believe. She uh, Ryan
2: Gosling,
5: right? uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 True Detective was a show on television that she was in. Okay. Probably not a Canadian show.
3: No. Well, maybe not.
5: <laughs> that's all I got.
3: <laughs> was there a Canadian Shakespearean version of the Mickey Mouse Club?
4: That's French Canadian. It
1: was called Le Club mm. de la Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Mouse, hey! Mickey Mouse,
5: hey! Yeah, so uh, let's. Uh, I, I think we should go with uh, Mean Girls. I think that's, I think uh, that's the obvious answer. Uh, if it's not the answer, it should be the answer, and uh, uh, Liz should change the answer to the question to match ours. So uh, we're going to lock in Mean Girls.
2: Oh, right. Mean Girls. Corey and Paul, I assume you also wrote Mean Girls. He said, Le Club de la Mickey Assoli. <laughs> 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 uh, mean, he said the don't... right
4: answer, which we're quite sure is Slings and Arrows.
2: Yes. Everyone write Slings and Arrows. Later, I want to ask you two the super hard niche Slings and Arrows question Ooh. that was in my first drafts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally I no one part. got.
4: <laughs> yeah, I watched the whole season, but that was at least a decade ago, so I'm not going to remember. Yeah, bad, I saw like Remember the four name.
6: episodes, I think, but not. I liked it. I just, I th- someone had the DVD and we left their house and I didn't oh. steal it.
2: <laughs> the Rachel McAdams season is the best. And like the category name, Up You Melancholy, Dane, is a quote from the season one theme song, Cheer Up Hamlet, which I recommend <laughs> you watch on YouTube. This is lovely.
1: So Brittany and Nick, you guys, you guys are like Paula Abdul right now. He takes two steps forward and two steps back. It's like, oh, God, there it goes again. Uh, by the way, do you ever think Ryan Gosling's going to grow up and become Ryan Goose? <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, I thought you were going to say we were straight
6: up. Can be in the chat, yeah, that's where I
3: aw. thought he was going to.
6: I just want to know who's MC Scat Cat.
2: Your category for question three is, yo, Jimbo. Akira Kurosawa directed two film adaptations of Shakespeare plays. Name either film and the play it's adapting. So I need both parts okay. for points.
5: You need his film and the Shakespeare play that it is being adapted.
2: Correct. So X film yeah, right. is based on Y Shakespeare.
4: We both wrote down the exact same thing. So we can lock in with either one of those. The first or the second. What, what, oh, do you
6: the, have? The a, second because I've watched it ten times.
4: <laughs> wow. Okay. So we will lock in because I'm more certain about the first, but you know, I yeah. I mean they're they're both right. They're both there, they are both right. so. <laughs> so
5: go for the less well known one then. There that's what we did, I think. So okay. Okay. I'm I'm like 99% sure on that.
3: I'm totally okay with going with that because the fact I sent you is the only one I know that's relevant to this. <laughs> so.
5: Okay. So uh we, we're gonna go with Throne of
4: Blood and Macbeth.
2: All right. And Corian Paul?
6: That's what we're well, going to go with too.
4: Yeah, same thing. Throne of Blood. We also had Ron, or Ran. I forget to pronounce with King Lear, but we did Throne of Blood instead. So
2: yeah, I thought Throne of Blood was the uh, less well-known one.
4: So did we? Uh, I said,
2: I but you're you're all correct. Throne of Blood, Macbeth, and yes, Ran was an adaptation of King Lear.
4: Very good. I've actually asked you a blood question at Trivia when I have hosted before, so I was... Yep, <laughs> wow. that's
5: literally the only reason I know that is because we've asked that Trivia question before. And
1: that's why I've never <laughs> played either <laughs> of these games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I've
6: taught uh, Macbeth, I don't know, seven times or so, or eight, for eight years, and the kids really like the
4: end of the movie. <laughs> I, I, it's a lot of fun. So if you haven't seen it, it's good. I've actually <laughs> not seen yeah. that one. I've seen Ran, but I've not seen that one. Yeah. yeah. And Jonathan, you have played my game. Shh. Secrets.
7: Keep <laughs> our secrets. <laughs>
5: there were 300 people in the room with
2: you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now that just sounds wrong. <laughs> that many people in a room together. Yeah. Can't get six yeah. feet apart. I just just kill everybody. God it, you selfish
4: bastards. This was
5: one of the last times that we had that kind of
4: gathering. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Someday. <laughs> Again, maybe.
2: Over the rainbow. All right. On to cheery-er topics. Maybe? I don't know. If <laughs> anyway, this is cheerier. Question four. Your category is Apocrypha Now. In the Doctor Who episode, The Shakespeare Code, Martha and the Doctor travel back to Shakespeare's Globe and witness the premiere of what sequel play, which may or may not have actually existed? By the way, great episode and uh, a great standalone episode for people who haven't watched... Much or any Doctor Who. It's probably the second or third episode I ever watched.
4: I'm a the Tom Baker era, but beyond that, I'm just not really. No, nope. gonna... me and you, you both. you got to
5: watch uh, Season 5, Episode 1. That's your introduction to the show. And then skip backwards to Blink. Then watch all of Season 5. Then go back to the beginning of Season 9.
2: That's you Blink was the first skip... one I saw. You well, can Impossible skip... Planet was the first I saw. And I didn't <laughs> like it that much.
5: No, that, that that one requires a lot of effort.
2: I'm not trying to get people into Doctor Who. You should I'm trying to be. get people to watch this episode.
3: <laughs> but she's not not trying to get people to watch yeah. Doctor Who. Right. Uh, we're locked in, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh right. Are the, you in? The game okay. we're playing. <laughs> All
4: right. So you saw what I sent you there. Yeah. I
6: I don't know the Doctor Who or this apocrypha. so I, I know don't know not... Doctor
4: Who. But can, can you just repeat the question one more time just to make sure we got the details here.
2: Martha and the Doctor travel back to Shakespeare's Globe and witness the premiere of what sequel play which may or may not have actually existed.
4: <laughs> okay, yeah, I about sequels that may or may not have actually existed, I think Love's Labour's Found is a potentially a sequel, Love's Labour's Lost, which is coincidentally the only play I've not read by him, I think. But, like, all the other sequels, like, you know, Henry the IV Part Two, and Henry VI, those are, definitely did exist. They're yeah, really those good. are all. So I think it's, I mean, if it's not that, I've got nothing. So so.
6: It, so love's Labor's Found. It's not As You Hate It
4: or <laughs> hate you, As You Hate It. All, all is well, all is well. That ends as portable. Portable. Yeah, I think the
5: one. That, Much yeah. Ado About Something.
4: 13th <laughs> Night. There's a whole bunch of <laughs>
5: Yeah,
6: go with, go with uh, Love's Labor's Found. Yeah,
4: okay. Yeah, Love's, final answer, Love's Labor's Found, Knocking in.
1: The sequel to uh, Measure for Measure, Cut for Cut.
2: I <laughs> know. Uh, measure twice, what, what? you only have to cut once. Cut, yes, yeah, yeah. So I think oh, this one was just cut. Damn, <laughs> damn. Did Make we get to the same time? time over.
5: That's another one. That's the, uh, the the prequel, to King John, Prince John. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brittany and Nick, what did you put? We put Love's Labors One. Yep. I actually just watched Trap. the Shakespeare oh. Code episode last
4: it's called? night. Is it one?
3: <laughs> Good prepping.
4: Oh, Us versus crap. I think it's, yeah, uh, damn it.
3: So
2: on uh, lists of Shakespeare's plays from Shakespeare's time, uh, first of all, Love's Labor's Lost was definitely a play. Not a good one. It has some fun points. The name of this play did appear on contemporary lists, but it has never been found. We don't know if it was a sequel play or a working title for something else, maybe shrew. But yes, uh, it was Love's Labor's One, not found. Damn it. Uh, I'm so I proud the of your antonym. reason. I'm glad you got you picked up all the clues, which was great, but no, it was one, not found.
4: Wrong antonym, damn it. They're
2: both opposite
4: <laughs> of lost.
5: Honestly, I'm I'm just I'm just I think we should just continue playing out the sequel prequel game. Yeah. <laughs> Henry the <VII>, Seventh, Spring's Tale. <laughs>
6: The prequel of The Tempest is The Calm.
7: <laughs>
5: this is the uh, the sequel to Othello, Reversi.
1: Oh, Jesus.
4: <laughs> it's one not found. Damn it, I was... That's going to piss me off that I missed that one. Love's Neighbor's Water.
2: All right, well, this next question also has a chance for bonus points, so uh, you can get a few back. The category is, Subtlety Thy Name Is. When Hamlet has the players mount the Murderer of Gonzago, he gives it a new name, a name that was much later used as the title of a play by another great British writer who shares a particular distinction with Shakespeare. Name the writer, and for a bonus two points, name the record they both hold.
5: I'd like to throw out Romeo and Rosalind at this
7: point
2: as a prequel. <laughs> 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 prequel to Hamlet. Take okay. a So, <laughs> you want the name of the author,
4: and then what else for the bonus? Yes, yeah,
2: sir. It's a complicated question. I should read it again. <laughs> okay. Hamlet, the character, has the player's mount to the murder of Gonzago, but gives it a new name. A name that was much later used as the title of the play by another great British writer. Two writers share a particular distinction. So, the regular points, name the writer. And for bonus two points, name the record they share. They both hold, was the original.
5: All right, Brittany, you good to lock in?
3: Uh, yes.
5: You can just. Yeah, exactly yes.
4: that. All right, so yep,
5: we're locked I'll in. I'll
3: lock that in. All right, Corey and Paul, talk it out. Yeah, we both right, to- you know.
4: Agatha Christie and The yes. Mousetrap. It's The Mousetrap, Agatha Christie, and The Agatha Christie. The Mousetrap has the record for the longest running play because it's been going on been playing in the West End of London since the '50s or '40s or something. So it's by far. But it's not sure. I think they're both the most translated authors or something like that. Though for it to but be a time, i it- would be like really weird for it to be the exact same number. But I think it's got to be. Like, but how do you measure
6: that? Like most translated, like, like it's in most languages, I think. So they've both been translated to yeah.
4: every language. Basically, I think. I mean, I don't know their tie there really because like the tie for longest running play is the Mousetrap, and there's no way there's like a production of you know Twelfth Night that runs yeah. as long as that or anything like that. Well, the, the Mousetrap's still stay- going, right? Too right. Like last still- uh, I checked, yeah, I mean, not today, probably, but you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs>
6: So yeah, just I'm trying to think of what other because I was thinking about yeah translations. I wonder if it's something like like number of performances total. Like maybe it's not That'd the most, weird. but it's just like all, above a certain number of performances. There's a no way to
4: measure number of performances of shakespeare have been done throughout. The, I mean that's oh, yeah. And plus, Shakespeare's only had this one play really, whereas Shakespeare's had a, you know a trillion. So I think it's got to be translated languages basically. Because I know they're both basically translated to almost every language out there. It's weird that it's a. Tie between the two, Do you think one would have like one more than the other or something? But that's all I can think of that makes any sense,
6: yeah. And I just feel like the mousetrap wouldn't be translated. Well, since, you know, more than, an author, more,
4: the most trans- the, the record the authors hold. Agatha oh. Christie is the most translated author along with Shakespeare into form oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. not the mousetrap itself, but the authors, maybe not binary, but you know, Klingon. <laughs> The binary language of moisture condensers or anything like that—probably <laughs> not Shakespeare.
6: Let's yeah, let's go with the translations then.
4: Okay, yeah. So we're locked in with Agatha Christie is the author, and most translated author is the record they share.
2: All right, thank you, Bernie and Nick. What have you got?
3: We go also for. locked in with Agatha Christie for the author. Uh, for the bonus, we believe it's they both have the longest running plays your longest-running opening. All right.
2: Both teams are, of course, correct that uh, Hamlet called The Murder of Gonzago the mousetrap and Agatha Christie wrote the mousetrap. So, Agatha Christie is your answer. The bonus, Agatha Christie and Shakespeare are the top two best-selling fiction writers of all time in any language. With an estimated 2 to 4 billion copies sold each. Well, that sounds like a pretty big estimate. It is the same for each and well ahead of the third place person so okay. they are the most commercially successful in okay. terms of copies sold all time i can do a quick google i don't i can't tell you they're not the most translated <laughs> they definitely tied
4: you know but yeah it's, those things really hard to tie so yeah i mean
2: although on the other hand there are only so many languages so maybe right. they
1: um, i mean the, the, you wanna, the you google how many shakespeare no okay okay uh, the bottom line is with a range of two to four Jules, billion, billion it's pretty Missy easy is to the tie. the first, but Jules Verne
2: so. is the second. All
1: uh-huh. right. So at the end of the third round, the score is 118 for Corey and Paul to 112 for Ooh. Brittany and Nick.
2: For the Final round gauntlet. before the gauntlet. Back to uh, general trivia about Shakespeare.
1: Stick with pop yeah. culture. That was your round Nick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for question one, your category is sports. Oh dear. Sports, Sports.
3: Sports. Sportball.
2: What insulting gift does the ambassador of France bring to mock Henry V for his youth and immaturity?
1: It's an NBA basketball, isn't it? He likes the way he dribbles up and down the court.
2: I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. We'll laugh we'll that in. Yep, go ahead. All right, we are, are
5: uh, yeah, no. we're just, uh, right now I'm currently debating with Brittany over the correct spelling of Dauphin.
3: <laughs> oh, it's, it's important D-A-U-P-H-I-N.
5: Important okay. <laughs> Is that your answer? Uh, no, we're going with, uh, we're, we're good to lock in. Are you good with that? Oh, yeah,
3: yeah.
5: Okay, uh, tennis balls. Tennis
4: balls. Corey and Paul. Also said tennis balls.
2: Yes, tennis balls.
4: Everyone back from the movie, if nothing else.
2: Signified... He's an immaturity. So there you have it. Question two. Your category is Liz recites a hit.
4: <clears throat>
2: I'm going to read uh, you the lyrics to one of Shakespeare's songs, and you tell me what ill-fated heroine sings it.
1: While well, I beatbox. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. The poor soul set sighing by a sycamore tree. Sing all a green willow. Her hand on her bosom, her head on her knee, sing willow, willow, willow. The fresh streams ran by her and murmured her moans, sing willow, willow, willow. Her salt tears fell from her and softened the stones, sing willow, willow, willow.
5: Brittany, we could absolutely go with your answer.
3: I mean, only if we don't have a better answer. All
5: right, all right. We're going to lock in. I think we should lock in with mine, but.
3: I agree we should lock in with yours.
4: Okay, but yours is a better answer. Agreed. So that kind of the worst answer there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Both like, strategy. Like. See if it pays off for them. Um, <laughs> All
2: right, Corey and Paul, you can talk.
4: Yeah, I've got very little on this. It sounds vaguely familiar. I'm trying to think of who sang songs like. I mean, I don't. Does, does not Demona Juliet, think? I don't think. I mean, the, uh, the does Demona,
6: a good? You're going to use heroin for anybody from Shakespeare, right? I mean.
4: You can't go wrong using heroin. I mean, that's, you know. (laughs) Kids at home, just don't do heroin. It's not good. (laughs) Drink alcohol instead. It's much better for you. Cordelia is
6: what I feel good with, but I don't know if if you have a better idea.
4: It's not Ophelia, is it? She she sings some weird things, but not that, right? She sings all... Her stuff makes much less sense, I think, that she goes on about.
6: Well, she does have that song when she's... She does have those tree branches, and she passes them out to each other.
4: That's different. That's I don't think that's that.
6: Yeah, that didn't sound right to me. That's...
4: Okay, so well, what was it you were saying? Was it Desdemona you were leaning towards? Or... No, I was leaning toward Cordelia. Cordelia, Cordelia yes, okay. That's, yeah, go with Cordelia.
5: That, that sounds good to me. Like it. It is, in fact, Desdemona from Othello.
2: It is, in fact, Desdemona from uh, Othello. Yes, the the Willow song. Uh, so I've forgotten
4: that, I guess. I just read that recently. Oh, well.
5: Yeah, if you go back to episode 190 of Trivial Warfare was the, uh, I believe, the last question about Desdemona and Othello, which I also got right. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's a long
4: way to go back.
5: Yeah. (laughs) I'm not on very
2: often. What was the question?
5: Uh, The beast with two backs was from which Shakespearean play. (laughs) That I would have.
2: That's different than my question. Yes, it is. (laughs) Anyway, well done. Your category for question three is Mixed Signals. According to the final scene of one tragedy, who is, quote, the noblest Roman of them all?
4: We're locked in. I think we're locked in,
2: too. Well, then, yeah, we both done the same thing, right? Yeah, sent you the same I same thing, yeah. literally
4: read this, like, a few weeks ago, so... yeah, yeah. Well, tell me then. Uh, we wrote down Brutus.
2: You wrote down Brutus? Nick we also and Brutus. said Brutus. Very good. Brutus, Mixed signals, because Anthony says it just after defeating Brutus. Brutus is dead. So. <laughs> Aww. Maybe you should have told us no. that earlier, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's always nice to speak well of the dead. <laughs> Especially after you kill. I
2: guess that's what I guess that's the lesson of that play, isn't Pretty it?
4: Which is, yeah.
2: That's Anthony's big deal is speak well of the dead. Right. All right. Your category for question four is and Peggy.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so speaking of Romans and Anthony and Cleopatra, and also real life. Who rounded out the second triumvirate with Antony and Octavius?
4: Yeah, I'm quite sure of that. Should, I, should we lock that in?
2: Go
4: ahead. Yep. second triumvirate along with. Yeah, okay. Yep, we're we're locked in. All
2: right, Brittany and Nick, you can talk it out.
5: So I had a dog uh, that we named. <laughs> we named Lucy uh, after Lysimachus, who was better known as uh, Lepidus. So we're going to lock in with Lepidus.
2: All right, that was a great journey. <laughs> Did you put Lepidus as well?
4: Yeah,
2: do you have a dog related a... anecdote? No, no dog related <laughs>
4: thing, just one of these, you know, frambrits knowing the members of them, and he's probably the least well known of all of them, but still, yeah,
6: or as Dr. Hussle Huss say, B. never Lepidus.
2: Oh, <laughs> except for right now, <laughs> the answer is in fact Lepidus. Well done,
1: you got Lucy from Lepidus. As the nickname was Lysimachus oh yeah sure no absolutely we yeah. all know that they have
2: lots of so, names. <laughs> we all know that
7: Show
5: ancient off.
2: Romans each had lots of names but collectively they had very few names right so they were all That's... just doing different combinations of the same nine names
5: I honestly <laughs> I I had a friend of mine who named his toy Chihuahua if you can imagine such a thing Brutus as Octavian like non uh, Like not as a joke. Like he Mm -hmm. did it seriously. I decided to make fun of him by naming my dog Lysimachus. Yes,
1: (laughs) and it paid off many years later. I need (laughs) to buy a small dog just so I can name them Brutus.
2: (laughs) Oh, and yes, for the record, that's a great point. Uh, Shakespeare calls him Octavius. In history, he was Octavian. Mm -hmm. I I said Octavius. None of you were confused. Just wanted to put that out there (laughs) all right question five your last question before the gauntlet your category is famous quotes which play first gave us the phrase brave new world and bonus two points for the character who said it your hint is i personally once saw cynthia nixon quote this in a speech and the character name got a big laugh from the audience
6: we're locked in you locked in or we're locked in who's yeah we're locked. we are you and me who wrote are. this thing to each other. Yes.
4: <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if that was locking us in or not. All right. Yeah. So, right, Jonathan, Someone's locked in,
2: right. so the people who aren't. I guess cont- we're locked.
4: Yeah. So now that now that uh, we it can talk about this. It, I guess.
5: Yeah. Now now that Brittany and I are able to uh, to talk out loud, I'd I'd like to use our time here to uh, to thank Jonathan for the amazing uh, team pairing that we have come up with on this uh, on this show. <laughs> Because so far in in just about every question that we've had, either I've had no clue or Brittany has had no clue, but the other one has had the others back. So I've got literally nothing on this. So Brittany?
3: My thought was, I believe Brave New World was said in The Tempest, and Cynthia Nixon, I believe, played Miranda on Sex and the City. So I believe Miranda is who said it. So we're going with The Tempest and bonus Miranda.
2: All right, Corian Paul. That's
4: what we had, though I didn't actually make the Miranda connection with the Sex and the City until just now, but that's what we had anyway. Cause until just sure now, said, well,
1: when somebody told, told it
4: to
7: me, I exactly, made the connection. That's
2: so um, smart of you making that connection.
5: Oh, <laughs> <was>, yeah. <laughs> also, did you all know that Cynthia Nixon's character in Sex and the City was named Miranda? I bet what? you didn't even catch that accidental connection. <laughs>
2: You know, you should tell Brittany.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, so full points for everyone. Yes.
1: So, fun fact. All the goodly creatures. Nick and Brittany swept that round uh, and yeah. have only missed one of the last ten questions.
3: <laughs> should have made them harder. Only because Nick decided to go with Desdemona over Chumpawamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hold on that math can't be right let me read i was gonna say you're keeping score there's no way your first shot at it is correct i have figured it out the score going into the gauntlet Brittany and nick 164 paul and cory 160
2: you're kidding <laughs> a lead
1: has been taken
2: your gauntlet category is but it was just a big misunderstanding.
5: Sounds like Shakespeare. Literally every play. Uh, yeah, we're, we're locked in. I've got it written and circled, and I texted it to you.
4: Wagers well, locked in. I'll even text to it to Jonathan here just
2: to... Wagers are yeah. locked in. So here are your questions for the gauntlet category. But it was just a big misunderstanding. <laughs>
4: Wasn't Question that the last
7: one. round?
2: <laughs> it's every round. <laughs> particularly this round. Question one. <laughs> By now we've all heard about the stage direction exit pursued by a bear. The bear attack was cosmic retribution for the death of what queen who it turns out wasn't actually dead just pretending to be a statue for 16 years or maybe it was magic. Name the queen.
5: Yeah, we're locked in. You have nothing yeah, let's lock it in.
2: All right, question two. When dower butler Malvolio finds himself locked up as a madman, he doesn't know that it's all an elaborate revenge prank. If only he'd realized that love letter he found was written by his coworker Mariah whose handwriting is identical to whose
4: Yeah. We're locked in, right? Yes, we're locked okay. in. I think we're there. Okay. We're locked in.
2: All right, great. Question 3, your final question. Puck had one job. <laughs> he was supposed to put purple flower love potion on the eyes of one Athenian and he screwed it up. Which Athenian was he supposed to drug?
5: Oh, the whole thing's going to come down to a 50-50. And I'm not <laughs> okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're locked in. Okay,
4: yeah, we're, we're locked in. Okay.
2: Question one. By now we've all heard about the stage direction. Exit pursued by a bear. The bear attack was cosmic retribution for the death of what queen? Who, it turns out, wasn't actually dead, just pretending to be a statue for 16 years. Or maybe it was magic.
5: Uh, Earlier in the episode, I said that my two uh, strengths were Harry Potter and uh, theater. Uh, So the answer is, I believe, Queen Hermione.
2: Paul and Corey? All right, Paul and Corey. Yeah, we had the same thing,
6: which is why we went with Queen Dobby.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The free queen.
4: <laughs> no, we went with Hermione too. Yeah, this is Not,
2: uh, too late. You said Dobby. I mean,
4: <laughs> he didn't say final answer though, so it's okay. Yeah, this is one of the ones I read so long ago. I don't remember anything about it at all. But there's a thirdly question about Hermione being in this play, and I remember Hermione being a female character. There's usually only its face at two or three in any Shakespeare play in general. So that was all we had. That was the best we could do. We said Hermione.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, now question two. When dower butler Malvolio finds himself locked up as a madman, he doesn't know that it's all an elaborate revenge prank. If only he'd realized that love letter he found was written by his coworker Mariah, whose handwriting is identical
6: to whose? Uh, we have uh, the Lady Olivia.
5: All right, Nick and Brittany three characters in 12th night that are female olivia mariah and viola uh we went with olivia as well
2: all right and finally question three puck had one job he was (laughs) supposed to put purple flower love potion on the eyes of one athenian and he screwed it up which athenian was he supposed to drug
4: i just watched the 1999 version of this movie literally two nights ago in preparation for this and I was still like, which is which, because they're both just same guys. This is actually the first play I ever saw that got me really liking Shakespeare as well. I'm pretty sure it's Demetrius, but I'm a little worried it could be Lysander. But we went Demetrius. <laughs> All
1: right, Brittany and Nick.
3: I'm laughing because we also were in between Demetrius and Lysander. We ended up saying Demetrius as well.
1: Well, all right. So everybody is either all right or all wrong. Liz, you're going to go back through one more time and uh, you're going to tell us what the right answers are.
2: All right. Exit pursued by a bear. Very famous stage direction in The Winter's Tale. And the queen in question. uh, You didn't really need a a hint about magic. So I didn't do that line reading, really. Uh, But yes, it was Hermione. Malvolio should say Twelfth Night. Uh, There are a few women in Twelfth Night, uh, and Mariah has identical handwriting to (gasps) her mistress Olivia. Now, I'm glad that I I specified which Athenian was he supposed to drug, and all of you caught that. No one said, oh, he was supposed to drug Titania. Uh The question was, was it Demetrius or Lysander that he was supposed to drug? The answer is the gentleman who was so cruelly spurning Helena... In front of Oberon's eyes, Demetrius.
7: Yes, Nice
1: job. comes down to wagers. Oh, everybody so got him right
2: on a on a game with a four point difference. So it is going <laughs> yeah. to come down very much to wagers.
5: Oh man, and boy did we wager! Why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah,
4: I hope you win. All right, Paul and
5: Corey,
2: uh,
4: what did you wager? We just picked a number, kind of a high number, but not enough. We one fifty.
1: 150, so you come out of this with 310 points, which means all that Brittany and Nick will have to wager to be the winners of this game is some mathematical number that I'm not capable of doing at this point, point. 147. <laughs> if you bet 147 or higher, Nick and Brittany, you will be the winners of today's game. What did you wager? Winners
5: right, zero. so we, we, we wrote down a number. And we then circled it on the page, and uh, I'm going to show that to you right here. The
7: number,
5: the number that we wrote
4: is, that a is
5: absolutely three with two small zeros written after the fact uh, <laughs> for for three hundred dollars. <laughs> we wager zero. <laughs>
7: yeah,
5: we wagered three. Oh, With a final
1: wow. score of 310 to 167, your winners are Corey and Paul. Damn. All nice right. Job, good
3: job Corey and Paul. That was very quite good. Job. Bad. That was
1: I was
4: that was that that would really I was worried going into this that this would be like Harry Potter trivia where you have to know the most like, you know, what was the, the room in the Religi motel kind of thing yeah. and <laughs> so this was a good level of stuff. It wasn't too easy, It wasn't too hard, but it, yeah, it, it challenged us. And I was so mad that I thought we were going to lose because I said, "Love's labors founds so of love's labor." And that is literally what would have killed us there, because yeah. So, but the fact we didn't come to that, so to Liz, Liz.
5: This is this is so exhaustive as far as material goes. That was an excellent game. I was just about and to say, give yes. it up for Liz yeah. for writing a hell of a good Shakespeare oh, absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, really that was great. So much to choose from. That was just an incredible selection of, of, uh, of trivia questions.
4: Was well, a big fan know. of the soundtrack question to the guys <laughs> guys? That was by far the best question <laughs> of the night,
5: and it should have yeah. been the midpoint.
2: There was a point where I was like, you know what? It's my trivia. I want to ask about the soundtrack. I'm going to ask about the soundtrack. No one was negotiating with me, but that was my one non-negotiable. Is I need to. I tried to to change it to a question just about the movie, but no. No. Nope. The soundtrack.
1: All right. I'm not going to do all the normal rigmarole we do at the end of a game since this is a bonus. But Liz, since you put this together, I do want to give you a chance to promote anything that you want to promote.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, all of you, you're so wonderful, and I. You also embodied the fun that it that is Shakespeare uh, when you love That's Shakespeare uh, the the big thing that I want to plug is you know so many industries are going through uh, such a hard time and I know our wonderful listeners are across the country and the world and I just want to encourage everyone when the live arts are active again please go buy a ticket to something, check out some local theater. You know, whether it's professional or not, uh, artists are just hurting so hard. And we're in a time right now where everyone's holed up and asking about what can we watch? What what can we consume? How can we entertain ourselves? Uh, So just remember that a few months from now, I hope it's only a few months, when life returns to something resembling normal. You know, uh, maybe there's a Shakespeare company near you that you've never been to and buy a ticket doesn't have to be Shakespeare doesn't have to be theater just anywhere there are performing arts I hope you will help support that community uh, maybe see something new and help support the people who really all they want is to enrich our lives
1: absolutely well Well said and thank you so much for putting this together you did a phenomenal job Thank you all so much. All right. So for Liz, for Brittany, for Corey, for Paul, and for Nick, my name is Jonathan. and This has been the Shakespeare bonus episode of Trivial Warfare, where it is not just trivia. It's war. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Trivial Warfare. Be sure to check out the revamped TrivialWarfare.com as your one-stop shop to submit questions Join the community and get access to over 150 archived episodes. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. For help with your podcast, visit propodcastingservices.com.
4: You're going to edit these long bits of silence out of the final thing, aren't you, Jonathan?
1: I'm actually going to like, <laughs> multiply them by 3 times and see okay. how patient people will be. We're actually live,
6: didn't we tell you? Yeah. Um yeah, just 90 <laughs> seconds of uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: You worry about getting the answers right, I'll worry about making yeah, you sound good. Trust I'll me, it, it ain't easy.
7: The lion's share of work is on your end. I know.